We on the Lollygaggers podcast want to remind everyone to stay six to eight feet away from your speakers and headphones while listening. But seriously, stay away from people. In this episode, Justin overextends himself watching Dragon Ball Z in Castlevania, while Jeff runs people over with a train in Trial by Trolley. Both Lollygaggers then find the hero we need in these dark times with the Velocipaster. Welcome to episode number 84 of the Lollygaggers podcast, a show about all sorts of different things from comics to games, movies to TV. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the other one, Justin. Take. It's all working. <laughs> this is like take okay. 50. We're, okay. We've had to switch up some of our audio recording. <laughs> Justin and I, I think, have started this episode about 12 different times. And there's been a guy mowing the lawn. There's been uh, cars driving past. There's been suddenly Justin disappeared. Real busy uh, Wednesday morning it's, at the Vice uh, Residence. Yeah, things are things are going crazy. Uh, but anyway, we're here, uh, and uh, yeah, we're recording. So, how is your self isolation going, Justin? What have you been doing with yourself? And I've I've been training for this my entire life. Sure. Um, uh, and it's going okay. Uh, like, see here, I. I, I I'm almost done with the first Doom, so I can start playing the second Doom because I hear really really good things about it. So like, um, you're, you're trying to get to the point where you can play Doom Eternal. Is that what's going on? Yeah, because I hear there's so much story and structure to the first game hmm. that it's very important that I uh, get caught up lore wise. Josh was um, uh, streaming some some Doom Eternal on our uh, Lollygaggers channel on Twitch uh, a couple days ago. So yeah, I just hear that you'll be completely lost if you don't uh, really. The story is that complicated. It's not like it's deep pretty complicated. Is it really? Yeah, I think you're being serious. No, it's, it's no, it's pretty much. It's just Doom guy kill stuff. That's okay. basically all it is. Cool. And okay. Isn't that all anyone it's really pretty, wants? And like, it's pretty self aware. Like they know what they're doing. Hmm. Like the writers, they do certain things where it's like, if you remove this lens, you'll completely. And he just breaks it, and he's like, I don't care. Just give me this shit. It's like really funny. It's it's a very funny game, and it's slightly violent, which slightly. was surprising. Yeah. Slightly. So. Speaking yeah. of slightly violent games, uh, did you hear Valve came out and answered some questions a few days ago and Left 4 Dead 3 is not something that they've had in development or are going to have in development in the foreseeable future? That makes me so sad. Hashtag uh, hate Gabe Newell. Have you ever time. looked at your time played with some games uh, on Steam? Um, no. I'm also afraid to look at that when it comes to World of Warcraft. I'm really afraid. Oh, yeah, that, that's ridiculous. You've you've lost years to, to World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Left 4 Dead is probably my most played non-MMO game of all time. Like Between Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, I have a disturbing amount of hours. And I took that game way too seriously. Uh, I got, oh, man. And it's because we we used to have a friend. We still do. Who like to uh, when you're on your team, he would always like, hey, there's a smoker behind us. And he would always like lag back to get the smoker and he would never get the smoker. The smoker would always get him. He's like, shit, damn. (laughs) Greg, if you're listening, we love you, man. Uh, So anyway, so Justin, so have you been have you been watching anything? You've been doing anything? What what do you got to talk about this week? So I've been watching a lot of stuff. The first thing I watch, I watched probably about 60 episodes of Dragon Ball Super. And Jeffrey, I'm here to surprise you and tell you that it's not that good oh. um so that's an upset uh, like, that's an upset yeah people like are all about it and stuff like that but like so dragon ball z came out like in the 80s like late 80s early 90s i remember watching it when i was in high school and middle middle school and, like elementary school yeah i remember in high school and yeah. um 
Yeah, and it's just one of those things where it's like there's been so much that has come out at, since it's been out, so much quality anime and quality storytelling and stuff like that, that you think that they'd learn anything from it. But no, it's the same. It's the same show. It's 100% the same show. It's Goku super powerful, and he'll save the day. They have a few moments where it's like he, you know, Krillin has some development or Gohan has some development or these characters have a little bit of something. Vegeta even has a second kid. You're like, oh, this is really interesting. But it goes back to the same crap. Vegeta hates Goku. Um, Krillin's a loser. And Gohan is just a nerd uh, loser. And and he'll never be a Chad like his father. And it's just one of those things where it's like, it's the same exact story. Same stuff. The worst thing that happens, I'm, I'm in like the last like maybe 20 episodes, and it's like this big tournament to decide which universes are destroyed. And if you know your your group loses, their universe is wiped out from existence. And it's supposed to take place for 45 minutes. So basically, the fight is a 45 minute long battle royale, and if your team gets eliminated from it, your your like uh, universe is eliminated from the galaxy and or from the multiverse. That's and really like high stakes. That's like super high stakes. Yeah. And you like think it. that they would treat it like that, but it's not because every episode is like, oh man, I really like your, your style. You have to show me what that's like. And it's just, they just talk to each other. And there's like no urgency. Like at the point I'm at two universes have been eliminated from existence. Okay. Right. And they're just like, ah, that's a pretty cool move. Like, well, what? Like it's, there's, it's like the, the stakes couldn't be higher, but there's no like, but we're talking about feel like your style and your form. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. so dumb. And like, it's the same crap. Like people complained in the, I think it was the Namek saga with like freezing and stuff where like, it was supposed to be, I think an hour until the, the planet exploded. Right. Or something like that. And it took like 60 episodes. Right. This is a 45 minute tournament. And I think four episodes went by and they tell you how long, how much longer they have in the, in the, in the tournament, four episodes go by and five minutes have, have expired in the fight. And it's just like, they learn nothing from it. So that's the one thing I'm watching. I watched Tiger King. If you haven't been watching Tiger King, you got to watch Tiger King. It's an amazing documentary about crazy people from Florida. So you got to watch it. It's just anything you think is crazy, it gets crazier. It's yeah, about a big cat. I lived in Florida for like 21 years. I don't. I don't need it anymore. I'm, I'm good. It's about like big cat people. Like they have like tigers and lions and stuff like There's that. There's cat people living is, in Florida? Yeah, like from cats, yeah, liger. Yeah, they're ti- they're tiger people. Well, it's people that like uh, like house them and have exotic animals and stuff. And it is crazy nutballs. And I thought it was. And I've been hearing stuff about it, like it's kind of crazy. And I, I watched them. Like you can't really explain how nutty it is. So there's that. I'm trying to get caught up on Westworld. Yeah, I'm trying to get caught up on Westworld. I never watched the second season, so I'm into that right now. Um. And then the biggest thing is I finished the third season of Castlevania and that's on Netflix. And I really, really like this anime. So it's like American anime, I guess you could say, but still anime is like the style of it. Um, The biggest people in the show is Richard Armitage, who was um, uh, Oakenshield from uh, from the The Hobbit series. Hobbit movies. Yeah. It's got James Callis as Alucard. So that's a guy's Baltar plays Alucard. He has a big role in this season. I got to tell you, um, I hate him. Like his, he, he was so convincing as a sleazeball, awful Gaius Baltar 
as a I, piece of garbage. Yeah. I hate the actor now. Like I and I and I'm saying this was all due like respect about how great he was as Baltar that I can't see him in anything else without immediately despising his character. He did an arc on Eureka, uh, which is a show I really liked years back. But when he showed up, I hated him. And he was a good guy on the show. But I'm like, no, I hate him. He's going to turn. He's terrible and is awful. That's how good I thought his guy is. Did, did he turn? Did he no, no. He's, he's a good dude, actually. Yeah. He's generally a good guy. Right. Yeah, he's generally a good um, guy. Some of, the, Time traveler. some of the big additions to the season was like this covenant of vampires. Because um, uh, Dracula has been put into hell. He was killed. And so he's in hell with his wife. So he's kind of happy where he's at. Okay. That's where he kind of wanted to be. Kind of like you but, being trapped in your apartment with uh, with Chrissy. Yeah, but she's not thrilled to be with me. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the big uh, additions to the show are these four Covenant sisters. Um, Lenore is played by Jessica Brown Findlay, and she's like the biggest, most interesting one that they added in. Um, Yasmina's Yasmin Al. <laughs> Damn it, Yasmin Al Masri, who plays Morana. Who's like the speaking of Morata? Those are <laughs> never mind. Sorry, I was gonna, <laughs> gonna call you a moron so, or something, but there we go. Yeah, okay, that works. So she plays like the oldest sister, kind of like keeps them all together. Yeah, Ivana Mil- Milkovic, who plays Striga, who's like the um, I guess you could say like the uh, I guess the general of them. She kind of like commands the armies. She was in a, um, she was in a couple of things I've seen before. If it's who I think you're talking about, she was in uh, the last two seasons of the hundred uh, though. The most recent season, not, not as much, uh, but the season before she was like one of the primary uh, villains E ish. And then I think she was in a Cinemax show. And I can't. There's also in Casino Royale for a little bit. Yeah, like a small part. Yeah. Um, the biggest uh, addition is Saint Germain, who's played by Bill Nye, which we all love from all the different uh, British films he's been in that we love, like British all the, films, uh, like Hot Fuzz. Uh, Hot, yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't so he? Da- he was Davy Jones, right? Doesn't he? Davy Jones from the Pirates of Caribbean movies. Yeah, he was too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's in it, and uh, he plays Saint Germain, who's kind of like a, a time traveling dimension traveling man who uses the power of this dimension to kind of try and reunite himself with his wife. Um, so the whole story is in the first season you find out about Dracula and then they kind of released Alucard. Alucard is Dracula's son and his name is basically Dracula backwards. He's kind of like um, Blade because he's like an, a day walker. He's a mixture between a uh, human and a, and a vampire. So you meet Alucard, and in the second season, they kill Dracula, and he ends up going back to hell. And so the world's been kind of, like, left in the wake of Dracula, and there's a small little village outside of where they were. There's a small priory that has all these monks that kind of believe that Dracula wasn't so wrong, and that um, hell is just as valuable as heaven in their way of thinking. The season's kind of slow. It starts off kind of slow with like the action. There's there's a few little fighting here and there. The the animation at times is kind of choppy. It's just the style that they do. But when they fight and there's like real stuff going on, it is incredible looking. Um, the best way I can kind of like describe it is like Avatar, that show Avatar, the, the last, last Airbender. Airbender. Yeah, yeah, Americanized anime. But like when that 
show got going like the last couple episodes of the final season and the fighting was going it was rad and the fighting in this is really just incredible there's this whole thing of like the village was raided by these night creatures and then the priory has one jump into their their uh church and they kind of use it as a way to kind of like help i guess hell come through this gate because they become like crazy in some people's eyes but also just kind of like it's just a weird type of thing going on um you have the side story with alucard and these uh few these two asian uh, warriors that come to kind of learn from him because their world was taken over by vampires and this is a side story there the Animation again is choppy sometimes, but at the end, it all makes up for the last two episodes. There's so much fighting and so cool. And um, uh, Trevor Belmont is like this drunk and this loser. But then, like when he gets going and he sees fighting, it's just so freaking rad. The colors are great. The stories gets it's a nice little contained little story between this little village and stuff like that. And seeing how you know it's not just all have to be about Dracula. There's little cameos of certain things. There's a whole side story with Isaac and Hector who are basically these. So Hector is like a antagonist in one of the games, but he's like a kind of a bad guy because he can create humans into demons. And there's a side story with him. Side story with Isaac, who's like Hector's like anti him. They were like brothers in arms, but then everything happened. And my dog's barking. It's all right. Let her bark. Keep going. She's part of the the podcast now. And they're like brothers in arms, but then like they kind of betrayed each other. So it's all kind of like this cool little story going on. And I think it's only like 10 episodes and it's really good. Um, I enjoyed a lot. I really like the series. I think as each season progresses, you get a much better rounded look of the like universe they're in and the people involved and their stories. I think they're really, really good. And um, Alucard isn't a dick like James Callis is in the uh, Battlestar Galactica. So it's kind of, it's good. So that's all the stuff I've been watching. The biggest thing was, um, was Castlevania was the biggest thing I finished. But I do have to say, if you haven't watched uh, uh, Cat King or whatever it is, Tiger King, you got to watch it. It's nuts, crazy, bonkers. It's all real. So yeah, that's the, that's the stuff I, I've been doing. All right, man. Uh, well, I have been spending pretty much all of my time for the past two and a half weeks doing two things. I have been preparing to transition my classes from in-person classes to online classes. And I have been prepping a ton of different like RPG campaigns and games that we're going to be playing, including Justin who's going to be playing in, in one starting next Thursday. Uh, so that's like the second. Uh, and then we've been doing like a, a, another one on Fridays on Twitch with some other, uh, other friends of ours. We've been doing, um, a mutant year zero, which is like a post-apocalyptic game. So that's been the bulk of my time. I'm hopefully going to be transitioning into playing some, some board games here. Now that my wife is kind of working from home, uh, probably half the week or so she still has to go in, uh, sometimes for her job. Uh, but one of the last games that I was able to play board game wise before, like we started doing the, the social distancing stuff, uh, was a game that I'm going to talk about now. And it's a game I packed on Kickstarter about a year ago, or maybe about seven months ago. Uh, it's a game called Trial by Trolley, and it's by Cyanide and Happiness. Uh, if you're familiar with their YouTube channel, 
Um, they are putting out this game. It's also uh, Skybound Games is the name of the company that publishes it. Uh, it's designed by Scott Hauser, and it is it is basically a party fun little game. It's something that if you have a family of uh, weird, demented, uh, dementedly humored people uh, that you're locked up in the house with, uh, you could probably play this. Uh, you, you know, you can find some of this on like the Amazons and the the WalMarts and some of the other uh, more board game specific uh, websites like uh, Cool Stuff from Miniature Market or something like that. Uh, but the game itself is it's pretty light. It's not very difficult. Uh, it um, it can play a fairly large number of people. So if you have a big family, but it can also play down to like three people, um, even two, you can just kind of go through the cars and it's kind of fun here and there. Uh, so it's a fairly lightweight game and it goes pretty fast. So the basic premise of the game is that it's built off of the idea of like the trolley problem. Do, do you know what that is, Justin, when I say trolley problem or the train no problem? Idea. No so, idea. So it's basically like a philosophical exercise. So imagine that you are, um, that there's a train driving down a track. And if it continues on the, the track that it's on, it's going to run over like a, a litter of puppies. Okay. And you have the ability, you can't stop the train. There's nothing that's going to stop the train. That's impossible. It's going to, it's going, it's going to run over those puppies, but you do have the ability to change which track it's on because you're at the switch. But if you change which track it's on, it's going to go onto a different track and on that track is a litter of kittens. And so now it's like, wait, if I do nothing, then these, you know, these puppies die. But if I do something, then the puppies are safe, but something else happens. Uh, and so it's kind of like that basic question. Like, are you, what, what, what are you going to sacrifice? Like what's, what's worth more to you? What's the more beneficial thing or what's the more evil thing? And how do you judge like the morals and the ethics of that decision? And so that's basically the question. And this game takes that idea and kind of runs with it in a fairly humorous way. So if you've ever played games like uh, Cards Against Humanity, for instance, this is this is in a similar style of how it works, which is usually in a, in a game, there's like somebody who's a judge and they're sort of evaluating people's combinations of cards to see which is funnier or more interesting. Uh, and then you kind of rotate it around so that there's there's different people who are getting turns being that judge. This game, Trial by Trial, works somewhat similarly. Uh, so there always is going to be a person who's judging, uh, but there's actually going to be two teams because uh, there's only ever two tracks. And so the game is set up through a couple different bits of of cardboard and such on the uh, on the table like there's like a small little train track thing uh, and it shows basically the train moving like horizontally from left to right and then it splits and you can see like one track kind of goes to the north on the board and one track goes to the south and then the board's done and then what you do each team plays cards onto each track and that kind of determines what like the rest of that track kind of look like and then the judge has to determine just like that trolley problem, does this train go down the southernmost track? Does it go down the northernmost track? And whichever track it goes down, it kills all of the people and all of the cards that are on that track. Now, it's supposed to be kind of a funny game. Uh, and so there's all these tons and tons of deck, uh, tons of cards in these different decks so that you can kind of establish exactly like who's on that train. And you, your goal, like you, you want to be on the team whose people survive, meaning like your track is not chosen uh, to be run over. Your track is chosen to survive. And so as you kind of go around the game, whoever's tracks, because the, the teams are constantly shifting, 
Uh, so like what we do is is like we have maybe like the judge is like the judge and then uh, like the two or three people to the left of the judge are on one team and the two or three people to the right of the judge are on another team. And since the judge is constantly shifting every round, the teams are constantly shifting. And so if you are on a team in which all of all of your people on your track got run over, you take like a little kind of token. And by by the end of a round where everyone's been the judge once, you see who has the fewest amount of tokens and who has the fewest amount of tokens wins. Uh, now, the process is is it's kind of interesting because there's a couple different types of cards. Uh, you start the so when you start a new round and you've got your two separate teams, uh, what you first do is you draw a card randomly from a deck of uh, of basically innocence, and then you put the the card down to the right of that uh, of the board that has the tra train tracks. Like I said, it kind of creates this artistic connection. So like whereas the cardboard um, board starting area for the for the for the train ends the cards then continue the track. And so you, it creates this kind of artistic continuity, which is really nice. And so you start randomly, you just pull one from from the, the large deck of innocence and each track gets started off with something. So it could be, for instance, like your grandparents. So that's it. So, so basically when they say you, they're referring to the judge. So it's like the judge's grandparents are on one side of the track, but then like on the other side, it could be uh, like a bunch of young school children and that's the other option. So like, do you run over your grandparents or do you run over a bunch of young school children? Now, like on its own, like that question is like, do you run over who that who is personal to you, your 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 family, or do you run over well, a bunch of young people? And that's terrible, right? Again, this it's dark comedy, right? So it's supposed to be sort of funny and you're arguing kind of along the way. Then on your team, somebody is in charge of the next card. So like you actually... Uh, are dealt or you draw a couple other innocent cards and then somebody on your team gets control of those and they get to play a new or a second innocent onto the track so now not only is it your grandparents but next to it it's also that litter of puppies so like do you really want to run over your grandparents and a litter of puppies just to save a bunch of random children that you don't actually know it's those types of questions and again I want to stress it's dark comedy. Like you have to be able to switch into that gear. If you're not the person who likes that kind of comedy, this is definitely not the game for you. And that's totally understandable. And then the other team, again, they put an innocent card down as well. And so now you've got each, each track has two cards and two occupants on the track. Then somebody on the team also has like the, the bad cards, the guilty is what they're called. Uh, and so there's this whole separate stack of guilty cards. And these are essentially people you people or entities or things that you want to run over. So let's say you've got uh, and so what you what you do with these is that now whoever's in charge of that on your team plays the guilty card to the opposite team's track to try to make the opposite track more appealing to be run over. And so let's say the other team that had like the the puppies uh, and the grandmother, and, and they're trying to trying to make it more enticing to run over the track that's got the school children on it. Maybe they draw a card and they say, oh, Nickelback. And so then they put Nickelback on the track with puppies or excuse me, on the track with children. And now when you're making your argument, you're like, yeah, you're running over a bunch of school children, but you're also taking out Nickelback. And that's really just doing the world a service. Uh, and so both teams do that. And so now you have three cards on each track. So there's three occupants on both the northbound track and the southbound track. And there's one small, there's one other step to this, and that is to do a modifier card. And so somebody else on the team is controlled of the modifier decks. 
And so the modifier decks are, can be played onto any track. So they could be played onto your own, or it could be played onto your opponent's track, like the other team. And this is a way of changing something. So it's like, for instance, a modifier card could be, uh, we'll discover a cure to, 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 to cancer. And so now you play that on Nickelback. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Nickelback, Nickelback's awful, but they're going to discover the cure for cancer. Do you really want to run over Nickelback despite that they're going to c- discover the cure for cancer? And so you're kind of playing it back and forth and back and forth. Um, hopefully that makes sense. And then after you play your cards and, and everyone kind of takes a turn to argue, and then the person who's the judge has to s- choose which track they're going to run over, and then tokens are awarded, and then the, you, a new round begins. And that's the whole game. There's a couple variants uh, here and there. Like you can you can have more cards and more modifiers. So like you can have everybody on the team be responsible for placing a modifier card, or you can just play with one modifier card. Uh, you can have everyone on your team be part of the decision-making in terms of which innocent is played and which guilty is played, or you can just have each individual person on the team kind of control it. It's sort of up to you. Like there's rules and constructs, but like there's so much flexibility to these types of games where you can make your own house rules and do your own things. Uh, and so we played it. It was again, we had a we had a an actual game night about two weeks before things kind of got bad and we started doing actual social distancing. And so this is it's been a while since since I've played this. It's been a, about four weeks, but it's the last like board game that we played with a group of people so i wanted to talk about it before uh, it becomes completely gone from my memory uh i have other games from them i have joking hazard which is another cyanide and happiness game which is which is about creating comic strips and it's again playing cards and trying to create punchlines with comic strips uh which is a hilarious game and it's another kind of variation on the apples to apples cards against humanity kind of kind of system uh, trial by trolley, I really like actually. Uh, uh, I can I get really tired of Cards Against Humanity. Like I've played it before. A lot of people play it, but at a certain point, I just feel like we're doing the same thing again. And it's just it, often it's just an excuse to to say something awful. And it's just like who can be the most awful? And like certain cards, I think are automatic winners. I like this one a little bit more because I really like the team play aspect. I like the fact that it's not just like it's not just pure randomness. Uh, when you have like six or seven different people in a Cards Against Humanity or in a Joking Hazard, and it's just whoever gets the good good cards. Uh, since things, since teams are constantly shifting, since hands are constantly being refreshed, uh, it makes it, I think, a little bit better. And it's also creates a more focused conversation because it's now one team versus the other, as opposed to like six or seven different people all shouting different things at the judge. So I like that structure a little more. I like the f- sort of, the really kind of rudimentary or or the very crude uh, implementation of this this philosophical question, uh, and it really, despite the fact that it's it's actually hilarious and really dark at times, like it's also kind of interesting if you really think about it. Like, would I really be willing to run over a bunch of puppies in order to save my grandparents? And like that's a that's a really interesting question. So. Uh, it's not a very expensive game. Uh, it's probably somewhere around 25, 30 bucks. Uh, there's a bunch of different expansions. I have a Kickstarter copy called the Derailed Edition that has a lot of those uh, extra cards in it. Uh, but there is a base game that's probably a little bit cheaper. Uh, and if you haven't, yeah, if you haven't played this or one of these types of games, that could be really, really fun. Uh, if you're again, if you're locked up with like five or six different people, if you have roommates or if you uh, you have a family uh, and you're just kind of sitting around looking for something to do. 
super easy to learn. Takes probably three minutes to learn how to play and you can start going and there's a ton of cards to go through and you can laugh and that's this is kind of a good time to to, to laugh. So uh, Trial by Trolley, Skybound Games and Cyanide and Happiness uh, direct, uh, designed by Scott Hauser. Uh, tons of people can play this at once. Uh, definitely take a look at it. All right. So Justin and I, uh, we were looking for stuff to talk about um, and like stuff to review. It's kind of tricky because not all movies are coming out right now and we're in a weird space with television. So I was flipping through Netflix. No, not Netflix. I was flipping through Amazon Prime Video the other day and I noticed something that just caught my eye. It was called the Velocipaster. And I was like, that is a fantastic title for a movie. Whenever I try to come up with titles for our Adventures in Lollygagging podcast episodes, I'm always trying to do puns uh, on various movie titles and phrases and song titles, et cetera. And so when I saw the Velocipaster, I was like, like very nice. Then I read the description of the movie and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. The description that Amazon Prime has is, is absolutely uh, phenomenal uh, because it's basically a pastor becomes infected by a curse that turns him into a velociraptor, uh, just like a werewolf. And he got this by going to China. And now he has befriended a prostitute uh, back in America, I think. And the two of them are fighting criminals and drug dealing ninjas uh, using his, uh, his, his Velocipaster status. That's the, that's the movie. Uh, and so like, I, I, I read the description. I was like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. And then I watched the trailer for it and I'm like, Oh my God, this trailer looks absolutely wonderful. It's all B movie, horrible, bad movie type stuff. And I was really nervous because I was texting Justin. I'm like, I think this might be the most brilliant thing I've ever seen, but I'm afraid to watch the movie. Cause I feel like there's no way it could be better, uh, than what I've already read and what I've already seen. So, uh, in lieu of there not being any sort of big time releases that we're talking about or any, we don't really want to talk about Westworld, stuff like that. We're going to talk about the Velocipaster because why the hell not? Uh, so the Velocipaster was directed by Brendan Steer uh, and also written. And it stars Gregory James Cohan as Pastor Doug Jones, who is the uh, the pastor who gets infected by that that curse um, from a some sort of dragon tooth, turns him into a Velocipaster. It's also got Alyssa Kempinski, who plays um, who plays Carol, the hooker with a heart of gold, who is also a doctor lawyer uh, student, uh, pre doctor or pre med pre law student. Uh, there's a couple others as well. There's um, I can't remember the name of the. There's like a father. I think it, it might be Daniel Steer. It might be. I'm assuming that's like Brendan Steer's brother or father. Um, but he plays like one of the. Uh, he plays Doug's. Father Doug Jones's mentor in the in the church, uh, and so the basic premise of this is that Doug Jones, his parents get killed really early, really, really early in the movie, and he's he's losing his faith, and so Father Stewart suggests that he goes somewhere in the world where he thinks God will not follow, and if he finds God there, then he can regain his faith, and so he goes to China, he drives there in a hilarious sequence. I don't get it. It's so dumb. And then that's when he randomly sees a woman get shot with an arrow, which makes no sense. And he picks up a tooth that she's carrying and he cuts himself. And then he comes back, I think, and he starts fighting crime 
with his prostitute friend and things just get really out of control at that point. So, uh, so that's Velocipaster. It is a B movie it is a terrible movie. Uh, Justin, uh, what did you think of Velocipaster? And don't forget to unmute yourself. So there's a lot, so much there's, to, there's unpack. A lot to unpack there's so much this movie. Yes. Um, Very complicated. I think it's good, but it, it misses, <laughs> it misses on certain parts that I wish they didn't do. Like, it was clearly some film students or I don't know if it, if it what the budget of this thing was, it wasn't very high, mm-hmm. obviously by the $35,000 according to Wikipedia, which, you know, isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's like independent film students or something, but like, I wish they wouldn't have put in like the purposeful screw up things, you know, mm-hmm. like the things that people make fun of in movies, like they put in there purposefully, like, skipping of tracks or um, movement of the camera that's not necessary or certain things like that. I just wish they would have just done it without that. I think that's my biggest gripe because all the stuff in it, I liked a lot. Um, it's stupid mm-hmm. and it's so silly. Dumb. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was funny. Um, it's outlandish. Like they have like this, it's clearly like his friend plays a pimp. It's gotta be like the, the main Frankie mermaid. Friend. Frankie yeah. Mermaid, so good. Uh, he's the best. Uh, that was Fernando Pacheco de Castro. But I think it's like his friend or something. But like, it's clearly nepotism and like the big twist in the movie. That I don't like, know if it's clearly nepotism. It's a thirty-five thousand dollar movie. I'm yeah. not sure how much they could actually pay people, so they got who they yeah. get. So like, they um, there's that big twist where like his brother was really there the whole time, and his parents like ignored him. It's all kind of dumb. And but like I wish they would have kind of like not tried so hard to make it clearly farcical. Like like if they would have taken out like like I liked the the prop heads. I thought that was funny. Um I think the funniest moment in the whole movie was when the prostitute dies mm-hmm. and then the ninjas are all aside themselves like oh man this <laughs> oh, is, that's, i feel really this bad really messed up one of them oh, hugs damn. the other and they're just like, yeah, oh. like there's like one like rubbing the other one's back like it's okay buddy like yeah. i thought that was the funniest thing in the movie i thought the the final battle at the end was great too where like it's just a guy flailing in a suit that's awful and there was a lot of really funny moments but i just feel like they kind of spoiled it with a lot of those super tongue-in-cheek too obvious this is a bad movie let's do bad things in it like right bad cuts and stuff like that and I, the I zooms the right thing. like the things where they did like the dramatic zooms where they made it seem like somebody didn't know how to use a camera like they did the zoom thing yeah. so much at, uh, i think that's my only problem with the movie is yeah. like if they don't because those are purposeful if they weren't purposeful um it wouldn't be bad because like clearly these people are talented i think that the people that made this film are talented I think the guy who's the main actor is pretty good. Um, obviously, his father or brother, whoever's the, like plays the main uh, okay. priest in his covenant, not so great. But I thought the right. main guy was great. Well, the father Stewart is played by Daniel Steer, and the the director and the writer and creator is uh, is uh, Brendan Steer. So my guess is that yeah, that's his dad. Uh, yeah. yeah, but like, I see why they're doing that. They put in like a purposefully bad actor in that spot to kind of like reinforce the idea that this is a dumb movie. But like, I, it's so stark when you 
put that against like the main lead who I thought was actually very good. Like they gave him ridiculous mm. lines and a ridiculous premise, but as a whole, I liked him a lot as a, as a actor. I thought he did a really good job. Um, but like, I think the only problem I have the whole movie is the forced bad, like okay. just make the movie. And I think it would have been better. I think personally. Okay. So I totally get what you're saying about the whole, let's, let's use the shtick that like these kind of grindhouse films kind of have, you know, with the, uh, like the film is not quite, you know, loading properly. Or like you said, you skip a, you skip a screen or, or like the people working on it weren't, didn't know what they were doing. Right. And they do know what they're doing. There's some interesting history to this. So this, so this is based off of an, I, so I was reading Wikipedia while you were talking and the, the creator was, uh, he attended the school of visual arts in Manhattan. And while he was there, he said the idea came from uh, his phone when it autocorrected, when he was trying to type out Velociraptor and it changed it to Velocipaster. Uh, and so that's where he got the idea from. And so he started to do these class projects where he made short uh, fake grindhouse trailers. So like not actual movies, but just trailers and that, and one of those was the Velocipaster. And then all of his, like his YouTube blew up with that apparently. And so then he started to try to to make that movie. And so there are a couple different ways that he tried to crowdfund it, including Kickstarter. And that didn't kind of pan out. But eventually he got private investing. And whoever doesn't say who that is exactly, but uh, he got $35,000 for it. And I kind of want to stress, that is not a lot of money at all. And like you're only going to get there's only certain people like you're going to, you're going to pull on favors from people who are willing to work for nothing. So your family, right? So I don't think nepotism is, is applying here. I don't think like their choice would probably be. So it's not nepotism. This is just a, this is just a, this is what they can afford type of thing. Uh, but they do know what they're doing. And like, there's a ton, like most of the film is in broad daylight, probably because it's, it's expensive to get lighting equipment and, and stuff like, like they're that. they're in the same scenes right. or like <laughs> the same location. And whenever there's a wood scene, <laughs> it's whether it's in, in China same place. or yeah. just, it's the same woods, you know, yeah. all of it's very similar. So like, there's, there's definitely like, and that's totally fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. So I think that gives it a unique, like charm. I really like that a lot in the movie, but like when you start off right off the bat with like, vr burning car here the, like, yeah, that, the visual effects thing i, I thought like, that was just like if they could have just done something cheesier rather than you know try it rather than like tongue-in-cheek it that's my only complaint at the end when he, so much good at it. when he pops the head off of the bad guy and it's like a mannequin doll yeah. like i'm all Which, by the way i'm all on and on that that's fantastic i'm i'm pretty sure um it was a Hispanic man playing a, uh, a, a Asian drug lord person. Uh, I, I'm pretty wow. sure it's what it wow, was. Dude. You can check on that. I don't know, uh, but I'm like, I don't know if this man is Asian at all. But it's uh, just, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking it up. So the casting was, what was so his name. Funny. Was his name like Wei Chan? I can't remember. Uh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking it up really quick. Um, I just, I, I just was weird. It's just, it, I just thought it was par for the course. Of the charm of the film and stuff like that they were doing. Okay, so this movie has a runtime of 75 minutes. And that's a very short movie. It's an hour and 15 minutes. It felt longer when I was watching it. Now, I have a couple thoughts. It's interesting to me that the Velocipaster began as kind of a fake trailer. Because watching the trailer, I was like, this is fantastic. Like, when you distill all of the lunacy and ridiculousness of this movie into like a minute and a half, it is so palatable. 
but 75 minutes felt long to me actually there's like, also a five minute music video in there and then like the uh, whole long really cut weird. scene with like uh with father stewart is time in vietnam <laughs> that was i made no sense <laughs> so dumb now that i thought it was funny things they did like it's so obviously what it's so obvious what's about to happen yeah to his wartime friend wartime buddy but then his wife his shows wife up. His wife randomly so shows up in Vietnam and steps yeah. on a on a landmine or something like right in front of him and just blows. It's just that's not actually really good effects by them. Uh, compared yeah, to like, I like that. And I also like the the hyper of I thought was hilarious. Like when he, I, I forget, when he kills his brother with mm. his like. The sword of your ancestors is the sword of my ancestors. <laughs> this just suddenly blood. has the force and can like yeah. pull a sword to him. Where did that come from? Yeah, like a, he's got like priest powers or something. Mm. And he, not only is it just blood, but it's like it's cheap blood, and it's such obvious like 1980s garbage cheap blood. And then it just keeps going. It's, and like it's tomato, so funny tomato yeah. soup or something. Um, yeah. So like. So there are things in this movie, like individually, that just made me like smile and laugh, and I loved it. Like it's just such a fun, stupid movie. Like I just, I, I, I don't want to analyze it too much because it's not the type of movie that I think really asks to be analyzed like this, and nor do I feel like it should be. I do, I do think that like I probably would, I think it, I think it does overstay its welcome in, in some sense. I feel like the comedy and the silliness, some of the jokes, like Justin's are saying, are like they go to the well a little bit once too often sometimes. And I feel like if this was like a 30 to 45 minute short film, I think this like would have been way better. And and just in the sense that like, I don't think you would have had to repeat some of the same jokes. Uh, the story is stupid. Like it's just so dumb, but it's intentionally stupid and dumb. So like, I don't really feel like it needs to be me commented on. Like one of the big time wasters was you think he kills the pastor. The pastor comes back and makes allegiance with the, Asian drug lord, and then dies immediately after making that allegiance. So it's like I don't know if he got allegiance. Did if he made allegiance, or if it was a he was captured and then like yeah, the way it's it's very strange what happened. But like you bring it back just to kill him immediately. So that was just kind of like we got ten minutes. We need to put more in this film. So uh, let's just do that. It did feel like there were like some scenes like that where they just like hey let's put this in there. And like I'm all for that. Like that's fun. Like we're having fun and that's fine. But I do feel like if you if I do. I still. I still go back to like if you could cut like twenty to forty minutes off this movie and and just have it be like a long short. Oh my god! I just think it was. It's a riot. It's still hilarious, and I recommend people. Go I watch very it. much love the movie. Yeah. I thought it was great. I think um, it's. I think it's fantastic. I love. If these you want to watch movies. something silly and and like tongue in cheek, again, my only complaint. It's a light complaint. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Like it doesn't ruin the movie. It's oh, like, of course not. Yeah. Don't don't push that angle too hard but that's just my own personal preference but i thought a lot of it was really great and hilarious and to say that the most uh dangerous animal is that guy in that suit yeah um the, is, they is actually do ridiculous. have uh, a velociraptor suit uh that is wonderful the climactic is, scene i think that's where all their budget went towards <laughs> that, towards pa- that the paper mache <laughs> it's it's but it's so funny like there's a part in like the big ninja fight where he just like literally falls over and they (laughs) make it look like he did like a drop tail kick to somebody that murdered somebody so i thought it was it's just yeah frankie mermaid was pretty fantastic uh the guy who played frankie mermaid says so he has got some great lines 
Like the best of, one's like when you first leave him, he goes, if you uh, put if you, something in your mouth as much as you put those sandwiches, I'd be a millionaire by now because yeah, he's a pimp. It's such a great line. It's yeah. such a good line. Great line. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why Why do they call me Frankie the Mermaid? Because he's swimming with, you know, not witches, but the other one. Uh, so, oh, my God. So many stupid lines. Uh, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to, like, pick my favorite but he was definitely a high point for me. So anyway, if you're looking for something silly and fun and you could just turn your mind off and just enjoy the stupidity of it and you don't mind bad special effects and you don't mind not the greatest of, you know, writing, if you like over-the-top acting, like intentionally silly acting, if you like Grindhouse-type films, it's not, like, gory or anything because they don't have the money to do that. Uh, definitely check out the Velocipaster up on Amazon. So uh, a good, I think a recommendation for us. Yeah, I, I definitely liked it. Um, it was not a waste of time. It's, it's very, it's very fun and, and silly. And honestly, like the, the main lead, I thought he was great. I thought he did a great job in the ridiculousness of his character. Mm-hmm. And like the, the last 20 minutes of the movie, he's covered in blood, which I thought was a really funny little thing too. So, I highly recommend it as well. Yeah. All right. So that's it for uh, this week's episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you want to get more of our stuff, head over to our website, thelollygaggers.com. We link a lot of our stuff over there. Uh, We're definitely looking to do more things on Twitch lately. Uh, On Fridays, you can catch me and a few others uh, playing Mutineer Zero, which is a uh, tabletop role-playing game set in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, You can catch us from 6 to 8 Pacific Standard Time uh, on twitch.tv slash the lollygaggers. You can catch Justin on twitch.tv slash Jehufa uh, doing some World of Warcraft stuff, doing some Bloodborne stuff. He uh, he seems to stream what, like almost what, three, a couple, most nights actually, because you do your Tuesday. I usually stay rates. off it on weekends. Okay. So check him, so. check him during weekdays, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday for your World of Warcraft streams, and then like the other days for like right now, Bloodborne, I think is what he is doing. Yeah, you can catch us on Twitter at Lollygagger Co. and at Buys Justin. If you have some recommendations for stupid movies or TV shows for us to watch during uh, this uh, interesting time, please do so. Uh, I'm all about that. I'm really tempted to uh, finally go back and watch Babylon 5 uh, for reasons. Um, So, yeah, definitely check that out. And Justin and I uh, will have some news probably next week for this. But uh, if you've got nothing to do on Thursdays starting April 2nd, Justin and I will be uh, be playing another uh, online Twitch game, uh, role-playing game for us. I finally lured Justin over. Uh, So that's about it. Uh, Justin, uh, I guess my my final question for you would be uh, if, if you could... If you could turn into a specific animal, kind of like he, like the the pastor turned into uh, a velociraptor, uh, and you could somehow create a movie based upon your experiences that combines your profession, an educator, a teacher, with that animal, uh, what would the name or the title of this uh, of this movie be? I would be the Mana Teacher. That's what that would be my name. That is so be fantastic. Part Manatee, part teacher. That'd be. Well, be. well played, sir. Well played.